This is really about being free to create what you want your life to look like. We each are our own hero. And how do we take the challenges that come our way and see those as the birth process of us becoming heroic? Can you meet that judgment that ultimately will surface with neutrality? This is the Wall Street Coach Podcast with Kim Ann Curtin. Aloha, everybody. So glad to have you here at the Wall Street Coach Podcast. I have a request. If you're a fan of this podcast, please subscribe. And if you're willing to go over to iTunes, please write a review. We only have 27 reviews after 66 episodes, and I would love to have one from you. Thank you for considering it. Additionally, If you haven't signed up for my free ebook, Discipline and Finding Your Edge, please do. It's at traderdiscipline.com. Enjoy this interview with Andrew Aziz. Welcome back, everybody, to the Wall Street Coach Podcast. My name is Kim Ann Curtin, and I'm very excited today to have Andrew Aziz, a guest who I recently met at Well, technically, we didn't meet in person at Traders for a Cause, but it is Traders for a Cause that brought us together. Andrew, welcome to my podcast. Thank you so much, Kim, for having me. I'm a big fan, and uh, I'm actually surprised that I didn't know you before. I've been in this industry for uh, seven, eight years, and I'm very grateful for Traders for a Cause uh, that uh, introduced you to me. I really enjoyed your talk, and I didn't get a chance to talk to you in person, but you know, I got your email, a screenshot of your presentations, and I'm uh, subscribed to your website. Uh, thank you so much for all of your help to all traders. Uh, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to have you here. And I've read your books and so much of your material, and I'm so impressed with you already. So I look forward to us getting to know each other more. And I've had the very, you know, beautiful honor of already being invited into your room, got to meet some of your community, which they're just incredibly deep people. Michael too, Michael Bear had a great conversation with him, experience already. So you have good people around you too, Andrew. Like draws like, it seems. Yeah, that's great. Thanks for your presentation. You know, you you gave it, I think a few weeks ago was that, and we really loved it. Our community really loved it. We got so many positive feedbacks. Thank you so much. I was so glad. I was so glad. So just a little bit about Andrew, everybody. After moving to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada to earn his PhD in chemical engineering, Andrew spent spent several years working in various research scientist positions in the clean tech industry. After being let go of one particular position, he decided to focus his energy on the financial industry and trading markets. With drive and determination, he started studying the stock market. And I love this quote, everyone, including himself, was doubtful. (laughs) But Andrew persevered. In 2015, he published his first book, How to Day Trade for a Living, truly a simple, concise, and practical guide to day trading. Really, guys, like it's so straight from the hip. You really need to read it, especially if you are thinking about day trading or you're not familiar with day trading. This book is not going to intimidate you. It's going to really open your eyes. In 2016, he started what would become the Bear Bull Traders Community, a forum for serious traders to share their knowledge and expertise with other traders around the world. Andrew is also has a lifelong love affair with nature. And when he's not trading or in front of his computer, he's outdoors hiking, trekking, skiing, or high altitude climbing. Because I live on the Big Islands, I want to talk about the high altitude breathing because we have Mauna Kea, which technically is the tallest mountain in the world when measured from the seafloor. So let's start there, just to mix it up, Andrew. What's it like to breathe at 20,000 feet? Uh, it's really, really hard, actually. The highest I've been was around 22,000 feet. And, uh, you know, it's uh, you feel that every step is a work. You know, when you are walking or running, we really don't feel that, okay, we are doing this, every step matters. But when you are at the high elevation, you realize that every single step you have to focus on that uh, if you're not using oxygen. And this is uh, always reminds me of how you have to be patient in life and every process because every single step matters. You might not see any huge impact on it. I'm a runner too. I run at sea level and uh, you know you just run for hours, thousands of tens of thousands of steps. But when you're at the high elevation, every single step you have to focus. 
so deep, you know, breathe very deeply and go to the next one. And it's like that comes with the mental, that mental resilience is all about that. When you want to be successful, just step by step, focus on every step, and focus on the process and the long term you're going to reach to your goal. Yeah. Uh, I have been in uh, that volcano in uh, Big Island, and uh, I actually started from sea level. Run, I tried to running up and go around it, and actually got uh, got altitude sickness up there. I got dizzy, and I had to come down. Uh, and one of my friends came and uh, picked me up. So it's it's very interesting when you go to higher elevation and you see how you know everything changes. Exactly. Exactly. I. I loved talking about resilience. That's something you talk about in your other book, Advanced Techniques in Day Trading, the importance of resilience. What, what do you feel is the part that traders need to be the most resilient about? I think the process, uh, I think that you have to, they have to be patient into the process and um, you know, accepting that this is not something that you can overcome quickly in a week or in a day or in a month. There is no secret sauce and just staying in the game. You know, resilience is one of those mysteries in human psyche. But how is it that some people always bounce back from every, you know, issue that they have, but some people can't really recover from, you know, a loss or a divorce or a life incident? Yeah. I myself don't know. I always thought that uh, I'm a very resilient person and I've always adjusted myself. But my Divorce two years ago, you know, gave me a really, really, really important lesson to me that I actually it was very difficult for me to move on from that incident. I still struggling with it time to time. Wow. And I realized that resilience is not something that you think you have. You have to always be aware of it and work on it. I think for traders, the fact that every day is a new challenge for you and you can fall into a big trap every single day, you know, and be ready for that mentally is very important. And if you did fall into that trap, a heavy loss or a bad series of uh, losses, then you have to be able to recover from that. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's, I think, very, very important for traders because when everything goes up, everything is really well. Uh, nobody's, you know, asking questions or nobody, you know, doubt anything. But when the things goes wrong is that, you know, Warren Buffett says when the tide goes down, you know, who's swimming naked. So that's when these things go bad. You have to be ready for it. Yeah. And I would say that the current conditions, you know, just for clarity's purpose, it's November 23rd, 2022 that we're speaking. There is a bit of a very like almost tsunami-like tide, how the ocean really has gone out and everybody is discovering how much difficult this market is long-term. I think we've seen in these last few years, people who thought it was going to be a cakewalk forever. And so that resilience now is probably more important than ever. If somebody's listening to this and they say to themselves, geez, I may not be that resilient. After all, how would you recommend somebody, especially a trader, develops or focuses on increasing that resilience? What does it look like? That's a very good question. I, I really, again, going back into that fact that you have to accept, you know, ups and downs of trading and be ready for it. I myself, you know, six months ago, nine months ago, I was worth like $3 million more on paper. You know, when the market goes up and down, a lot of obviously, you know, a lot of investments, a lot of portfolios went down. There was no safe haven. Bonds were down, market, you know, equities were down, crypto were down, gold were down, everything was down. And uh, I was struggling in, in during the summer about that, especially May and June was really bad because my mind was anchored on the previous wealth that I had. Yes. And I said, oh, you know, I I was rich in November 2022, and now six months into the next year, I'm worth two, three million dollar lower. And you start putting values into the money. Oh, two million dollars is two really good houses, and that could have been a really good car with these kind of things. And it really did bother me. And then, you know, a little bit further into the fall and now I reached a point that it doesn't matter how much I worth or how much was marked up and down. It's just the process that I have to go. This money, I'll make this money or maybe I don't. 
but I have to come out of that uh, spiral of thinking that, oh, what, you know, what, what if I was selling everything at the top and what if I was shorting market right at the top? But it's just past is past. You have to accept that the that ship has sailed and, you know, looking back, everything is clear. Yeah. And the inside is always 2020. But when you are deep into that, you don't know. Like when I would look at it in the January, February, the bubble was so clear. You had all the signals of the bubble, yeah. but we just didn't see it because we were in there. At yeah. least I'm a relatively new trader. The only people who could see such a huge bubble in the market was the people who actually saw dot-com bubble. You had to be in 2000 yeah. to see the bubble. Otherwise, you couldn't see. You were still in that euphoria of the market. Exactly. And that's okay. You know, as a new traders, you know, I, now I, I saw a bubble. And I wrote the bubble down, and now I realize that okay, the next up and down of the market, I'm more more ready. So some of it comes with experience. Yes. If you stay in the game, that's you know preparation comes through the experience. That, okay, I have seen 2008. I have seen dot com bubble. Now I see that you know inflation bubble or whatever we want to call it uh, later. I think they write the history later. You know that what yeah. was this bubble called? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but part of the part of the process is just we have to get the in time in the market and see these ups and downs to be ready for it. Yep, for sure. Thank you for being so honest with this audience and me, because I think that unfortunately, there's a lot of traders out there who really just kind of toot their own horn when things are going well and when things are financially benefiting them. Because look, I don't even judge that. It, we all need to be seen and respected. However, the reality is it's not always pretty. And that sense of humility that you're willing to say, look, this is how much I'm down. We both know it's more common than not. And yet, so if you talk about it, what do you attribute to your ability to be honest like that, even when it's not pretty? I, I don't know, but I think uh, market did humble me, to be honest with you. I wasn't like that. Like in back in 2021, I was feeling invincible. That mm -hmm. you know, I figured this thing out is going up, and there's nothing can stop me. And I'm not even 40, and I'm making this much money on the market. And it just took market is a really, really humbling thing. I would say that really humbles you. And that this bear market was my biggest losses. Mm -hmm. And really humbled me. But well, you have to be open to that, you know. Yes. Uh, you have to also have to work on this mentality that you don't know some stuff. You have to yeah. open that the universe is sending you signals. Yes. And there are things that, that essentially things not happening to you, but it's happening for you. Yes. With every loss, there's a lesson for it. If you're open to see what it is. Some yes. of it is technical. Oh, this is strategy didn't work. This is... And sure. some things are happening to you in life to just make you a better person. Yes. Uh, you yes. know, that was a discussion that we had came together. One of the things that earlier before you record this podcast, I mentioned that one sentence that I heard from you in your presentation in Traders for a Cause was you said, life is the, you know, evolution of human consciousness. So everything that happens to you makes you as a person, as a conscious, as, as something that a species of this planet in this life makes you better if you're, you know, listening to it and hearing it. So trading issues, ups and downs, can make you a better person. It did make me a better person in life. Mm -hmm. Not only made me a better trader, now I'm not taking excessive risks. I diversify, My diversification is better, but also made me a better person. It reminded me that everything is temporary. Yeah. Don't get too high when things go bad. And when things go down, don't get too low. Yeah. You, know, you just have to ride the wave and enjoy the processes as mm -hmm. you go. This is this is very you know I'm surprised saying this Kim because I was not a humble person, whatever at all, and market humbled me and really showed a different way of dealing with this uh, life. Yeah, it's beautiful because, you know, I think look you have to have a certain level of confidence to be willing to come into the most competitive game in the world and to play amongst the most brilliant people in the world. And yet, I do think it's it's just that razor's edge of confidence and humility and constantly checking in to hold them in the right way. And I feel like the market is the best 
consciousness teacher, enlightenment teacher on the planet because it will constantly force you like a mirror up against wherever your challenges are or shadows are. It's going to expose them eventually. Yeah, that's exactly the, the case. I think a market is, the financial market is just like life. You know, you are dealing with a very powerful force that it doesn't care about you. And it's not only 1%, it's just markets. You know, whenever I'm trading, I'm not looking at, oh, I'm trading against someone smarter than me in Wall Street or someone. No, it's me and the market. And the market is just a powerful force that it doesn't recognize me at all. And uh, I just have to deal with its uh, uncertain, wild nature and, you know, benefit from it. Like surfer, you're living in Hawaii. Surfers are going every morning. They take their boards and go into the ocean. Ocean doesn't care about them. Mm -hmm. They just try to find that beautiful wave and jump on it and ride the wave for a couple of minutes or seconds and then do it again. So yeah. it's like the market has been, again, is an amazing force that anything you can never, ever fight and argue with is always right. Yeah. And uh, you just have to benefit from its waves of ups and downs and that's yeah. and don't get drowned in that ocean yeah, don't get drowned exactly i i said something the other day i've been i've been doing my own version of the sunday prep on you know line like a two minute something and what i actually said the other day i'm curious if you would agree with this i said uh what if the market actually doing what it does to you because it's in your best interest in the long run what if what if the market is actually your teacher like yoda was luke skywalker's teacher in the you know swamp giving him these tests that were driving him crazy but ultimately were making him into that jedi knight that he was destined to be i really believe in that kim i think it's uh, really up to the person to accept this mm -hmm. and uh you know learn from it you know Again, it's this is a little bit of a spiritual and maybe religious that, again, everything that happens to you in life is for you. Yes. You just have to learn from it and move on. You can. You can fight with it. You can stay into a state of denial and, you know, try to fight with it. But at least for me, every time that I try to fight with the power of forces in life or in the market, I learned that, okay, I shouldn't have done that. And that happened to me, like taxes, you're trying to not to pay your taxes, try to find everything that, no, the, the law is powerful. You got to pay for that. Okay. My divorce, for example, I tried to, you know, control that process, but I couldn't. It was just a powerful force behind it that it, yeah. you know, was out of my control. And then learned, uh, I learned a lot from that process. Yes. Same as market, you know, it makes you a better person. Yes. Uh, if you're open to that, you can stay in a state of denial. If you have the heavy loss, you can cry on it. I have cried. Of course. Heavy losses. But at least at the end of the day, I realized that, okay, it's not end of the world. I can still come back at it. And what did I do wrong and what can I do better? Yep. Yep. One of the things I loved about your book in the advanced techniques in day trading was you did this amazing thing by putting all these reviews in there. People who, the best one was some guy was like, this book is so negative. And you're like, negative? Like, dude, if you can't handle the, the hard truths in this book, good luck coming into the market. <laughs> you ain't seen nothing yet. But the, the genius of you taking those reviews and you can see the people's mindsets already give them a way that they are not going to make it. And that's part of what I loved about both your books. Yes, you're speaking technical, technically for people to understand it, but so much of it has no jargon. You're really just trying to prepare people emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, that you're about to step into an arena. You have to see yourself fully prepared to succeed. It's so powerful. And those reviews, I was laughing. I was laughing so hard <laughs> at how you quoted them. That was just a genius move, a genius move. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was us. I mean, for those of you who don't uh, know, I mean, in the second book, I post a review of the first book for someone who said, oh, this book is garbage because constantly remind me of failure or the chance probability of failure. Because I, I do talk about that trading is hard and there's a high success of failure on that. 
And, you know, it's like any other business and career, there's a good chance of failure on that. I, it's not something that we should be ashamed of. It's, no. it's just the nature of the, how many startups are you know, going, how many businesses are staying after a couple of years. I know there's a restaurants have a, you know, 60% failure rate. So it's it's very similar to other businesses. Just be ready for it. You know, manage your expectation. You have a better, much, much better journey if you manage your expectations. I found those books to be absolutely encouraging to people who are serious, to people who really actually want to consider this. But you manage expectations. And you. I loved in the Advanced Techniques book, you said... I always say the trading is a career and a business and in no career and in no business can you become profitable in just three months. Look at doctors, lawyers, engineers. They go to school for years, take exams, have internships. All business takes more than three months. And that's what you have to find out is day trading for you. And you really walk people through. I've not seen a book like yours, Andrew. It's a very powerful I think necessary book for anybody seriously considering it. And I think it's really good for even experienced, sophisticated traders, for them to remind themselves of those basics, foundations that are never going to change. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate that. I think the reason that it resonates with you and so many other traders are because I wrote those books early in my career and I was not an expert by any means. And it was coming fresh from the mind of someone who struggled this very recently. If I want to write a book now, I might actually, because after so many years of South Nows, I'm so confident in the market, I might not resonate with a lot of uh, new traders. And by the time that I wrote those books, and I'm not not coming from any background in finance or trading, I'm an engineer, uh, as you said, resonates with people because these are exactly the things that I, you know, I realized myself. Yeah, yeah. I came to the conclusion, uh, often very expensively, so to share it with people. Can we talk? uh, We do. We're going to go over to Twitter space in like just a minute. But one of the questions I'm dying to know is, I'm not sure whether to ask you if chemical engineering or just in, how about an engineer's mind? How has that served you as you've become a trader over these eight, nine years? Do you feel it benefited? 100%. I think so. I think the analytical mindset that you as an engineer have, you know, it's very, very helpful for you. I mean, if I was an art student or an artist, it might be a little bit different story. And yeah. that's very, very important from what background you're coming you know, I was an engineer. Everything had to make sense step by step, process phase. Yes. A, then B, then C, then D. That's the mindset that I had in every step of my career. Uh, I had one trader that uh, shared this story with me. He was an air traffic controller mm-hmm. and he wanted to be a trader. And he had trouble understanding the concept of probability and being wrong wow. because he was saying that I was trained to be perfect. I have zero margin of error i have to always be right so how can i trade you know how can i accept that i gotta stop down and that mindset was really bothering him because in trading you you are wrong almost half of the time and you have to that's okay that's totally fine uh you know you get stopped out and the next trade you make the money but you know person who's always trained for decades that always perfection otherwise an accident and a disaster you know have trouble adjusting to this new uh, career Wow, that's so, I'm so glad you shared that. I, I've i seen that in traders who have spent many, many years in academia where they are so, or just having gotten good grades, that grades, you know, getting an A plus was their part of their identity that they sort of lose their sense of identity as they start trading because they're not going to be able to have that perfect uh, track record and it's disorientating. So I think that's just... You know, and and even for successful traders, I bet, especially after these last couple of years we've had, I think it's very demoralizing for a lot of them to have been so successful over these past few years and now struggling unless they perhaps have done, you know, some work on themselves. So, yeah, 100%. I, I think having the, mind, uh, the mindset of not being a perfectionist is uh, very important yeah. in trading and also in life too, because yes. life eventually you know, shows that version to you and then you have to be ready for it. Again, I was, until last year, I was just not a perfectionist, but I was feeling invincible that, yeah. that oh, nothing can bring me down. I figured this thing out all the way to the 
uh, end of it, but life showed me to me that you got to be ready for downturns of uh, life as well. So yeah, well, just thanks for saying that out loud because it's again, you know, the sign of somebody who's kept their ego you know, at bay, because you don't admit that if your ego is driving the bus, but I think it happens to all of us. And I think it's part of the being human. Like, I think that's what my podcast, if it's in service to anything, it's to help traders maybe begin to have a little bit more self-compassion that these stretches and challenges emotionally, psychologically that happen to them, it's part of being human. Like this is part of the journey, you yeah, know? exactly. Well, thank you so much for uh, saying that and reminding us. People like you in trading community constantly reminding us, and we need this constant reminder all the time. You guys are taking on a really hard, you know, game, and I, I just want you to, like, once in a while, just you know, a little pat on your back, going, "I survived another day." All right, so we're going to go over to Twitter Space now, and uh, hopefully, we'll see everybody there. Welcome everybody to this magical Twitter space with Andrew Aziz today. My name is Kim Ann Curtin. I'm the Wall Street coach. I would love to have you guys uh, subscribe to the podcast where this will be released. It's at the Wall Street Coach with Kim Ann Curtin on YouTube and anywhere you catch your podcasts. This will probably not be released for another couple of weeks. We've had a lot of Twitter spaces and podcasts recently, so my editor is a little behind. So please keep an eye out. Of course, I'll post up on Twitter when this goes live. I just had the pleasure to speak with Andrew Aziz of Bear Pool Traders on Zoom. We did a nice 30-minute conversation that I think you all will find really valuable. And then, of course, now he's going to take some questions from you guys and continue the conversation. If you are liking the content while we start this conversation, please retweet it out so we can get other like-minded traders into the space. Of course, my focus is on emotional intelligence for traders, and I'm a huge fan of Andrew, even though we've recently together, thanks to Traders for Cause, we both at that conference, Andrew saw me speak and liked what I had to say. And I've since gone into his room meeting an amazing community of traders. So I'm just waiting for him to come into the room, but I don't see him yet. So glad you guys are here. So glad you're going to be part of this conversation. I have questions for Andrew, and I'm really looking forward to you guys asking your own questions. A little bit about Andrew. Andrew earned his PhD in chemical engineering and spent several years working in various research science positions in clean tech industry. He has a great statement in his book, How to Day Trade for a Living and Advanced Techniques in Day Trading, which I highly recommend. And he talks about how he started studying the stock market and everybody, including himself, was doubtful. That just cracked me up. But Andrew persevered, of course. And in 2015, his first book, How to Day Trade for a Living, it's a very simple, concise, practical guide to day trading. So if there's anybody on this call who isn't already a day trader and wants to really consider it, I think that's a great book. Uh, to read, to just really understand what's going to be asked of you. Andrew, I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for coming uh, to this Twitter space. Yeah, thank you so much, Kim, for having me. It's a pleasure really knowing you and work that you're doing for the trading community is amazing. Thank you so much. And I'm happy to share my experience with the traders who are in this space. Yeah, I see some familiar faces. Ania is here, uh, some of the familiar faces in our community. Good. I'm so glad they're here. I'm so glad they're here. And please do tweet it out, guys, to let others know that we're having this space now, if you're willing to consider that. One of the questions, Andrew, I didn't get to ask you yet that I'm really looking forward to understanding more about what had you begin the Bear Pool Traders community. You founded it originally. It was called Vancouver Traders, and you really wanted them to be able to share knowledge and expertise. But just talk about like what was the reason you decided to do this and the importance that you see community having on traders, new and sophisticated? Yeah, thank you so much for uh, that question. I started the, you know, the community after I wrote my books, especially the first one. And uh, I got a lot of emails and questions from the people who were reading the book. 
that was the time, it was like 2015. And 2015 was the beginning of the retail trading, you know, essentially starting retail trading. Before that, people were trading, actually retail trading was there, but, you know, it wasn't very widespread. You know, the technology, the, you know, free commission brokers started coming in and the technology became very accessible to all of the ordinary people in Main Street. So it was a little bit of a coincidence in the time as well that a lot of people got interested in the market in 2015 and 16. And a lot of questions came in and I realized, okay, instead of just replying to emails one by one, why not starting an online community, like something like a forum or chat room that we can discuss. And uh, yeah, essentially that, that's how it started to bring the you know community knowledge together and in, instead of wasting your time to get a response for one of your questions, sometimes it takes a day or two just to figure out something simple you can get a quick response from the community members in a matter of seconds or minutes. So starting that was really helpful for my own trading as well. I learned a lot over the years from the community, from the new indicators, how to use the you know, brokers, system, psychology, so many things received from the community. And that, that was the, essentially the story. I'm just curious, just because I'm so always fascinated with you talk about this in your book too, resilience and how resilience is such a necessary foundational part of the success of any trader. How do you see community giving or encouraging rather that resilience in the traders that you have in yours? You know, I think sharing your story and being around other people definitely makes the journey easier. In anything, in any endeavor, any business, any trading, the mastermind groups in businesses or, you know, clubs or teams that the people are together, make them tolerate the ups and downs and the difficulties much easier and make them a better and stronger people. First of all, you realize that this is not only happening to you. The number one thing that always happens to me and a bad thing is just, I think, oh, it's just happening to me in trading. Oh, I got to stop that. And then you realize that, no, it's not you. It's, there's nothing personal. It's just the nature of the market. So having the community around you make you resilient. And again, it's true in trading. It's also true in life and any businesses. They say if there is a tragedy happening to you, you lose someone or there is a serious health problems, they always try to be near people. You know, have trusted people and loved people around you because that makes you to cope with the, you know, tragedy better, you know. Yeah, just, for sure. It's very important having the community around. And of yeah. course, increases the chance of the success. If you want to, for example, become an Olympic swimmer, you know, you have the chance to go and practice it in your backyard pool. Or yeah. you have the option to go join a team and, uh, you know, train together with the team in a you know, community pool. So which one has the better chance of success? You know, training with a group of people who are all motivated or just doing it by yourself? Yeah. It's a chance yeah. of definitely being with the team. So the community knowledge and community support, these two is extremely important. Yeah. And we benefit from it, definitely. It's also, you know, I swim, so it's funny you bring up the pool. And I had to stop swimming for a while because I, I had to have a little sun damage on my back removed. So I had the stitches and I couldn't go in the water. And I was definitely feeling anxious to get back, but it's also a little cooler here now in Hawaii. And on Saturday night, I saw a woman who I swim with and she said, you're definitely coming on Monday, right? And I said, yes. And then I woke up Monday morning. It was frigid cold, you know, cold for Hawaii. It's still relative, but 50 mile an hour winds. And had I not committed to her that I was definitely going to be there, I probably would have turned over at 4.45 in the morning and come back to sleep. And that kind of accountability, and I told her when I saw her at the pool, I gave you my word I was going to be here. And that's the only reason I got here because it would have been so easy to say, Nah, not today. So that accountability, I also think, is part of what a community gives to us. And that's, you know, it's a big part on those dark, cold mornings when you really don't feel like doing something to give you that extra oomph. Exactly. For me, as, as someone who's leading the community and running the community, definitely helps me a lot. And, you know, I make sure that I have to come because people are coming 
Uh, make sure that I don't do anything crazy because people are watching. Right. Uh, right. And, uh, How has that impacted your trading, Andrew? Having your whole community watch you and have expectations of you as a leader. What have you seen? What's the impact on your trading having I, that? It wasn't stressful. It was really stressful at the beginning. But, you know, at the beginning, I was trading really small share size. So, you know, when I started the community, it was free. I wasn't really charging anything for anybody. And, you know, whenever I was making a mistake, I was like, hey, guys, sorry, oops. And uh, I wasn't really feeling responsible at all. People have to see a perfect performance. And that had really helped me that, you know, get into this habit that, you know, people are watching. You just do your thing and show them that how the process is doing. And if you make a mistake, just say, oops, I messed up and, you know, move on. But overall, knowing that the fact that someone is watching you and you have to explain some of your decisions to somebody, it's a little bit uh, gives you anxiety. But overall, I think in the long term helps you. You know, a lot of people like Anya here, for example, a lot of our people in the community, they have buddies, the trading buddies that they're in yeah. touch with them one by yes. one or in a smaller yeah. group. And that's I think it's uh, good. It could be it could be bad, but if it's bad, you can change your body. But generally, the body should be very supportive and yes. it helps a lot. Yes. Recently, you put out a tweet that said, consistency leads to mastery. What kind of things do you think traders need to be consistent about? I think consistency in showing up is very important. You know, every single day, nobody wants to wake up early. Nobody wants to sit behind the computer. But it matters that if you do every single day, and see all the ups and downs of the market, see the days that are very volatile, see the days that are not volatile. So showing up, I think, is the number one thing. Spending too much time on trading, I mean, doesn't necessarily is a good thing. Like someone wants to sit down and eight hours of look at the market. That doesn't necessarily mean that putting more time behind the PC makes you a better trader because most of the volatility, at least for day traders, are in the morning session. So, you know, one hour, two hour every single day is better than just sitting one day for eight hours and skip four days. You know, I think it's just very important that every single day you come and see what the market is doing. You have to get into the habits that are helpful in life and in trading. You know, the habit of waking up, showing up, the habit of closing your trading station when you are hitting your goal is the same as, you know, not overeating or stop eating when you're feeling full. That's the same concept. But, you know, nobody sits down and start eating and eating and eating on a table until they die. But they do that in trading. You know, whenever they get the profit, they just keep over trading and over trading until they blow up their account. Uh, so get into the habit of, you know, stop trading. Get into the habit of, you know, managing your positions, getting into the habit. So try to build these small habits that helps you in trading. You did recently share, and you talked a little bit just now on the Zoom call we had, that 2022 has been difficult, and that you even had one of your worst trading days of 2022 recently. You know, just what you're going through now, with so many traders going through now with the way the market's been. How do you navigate that from emotional, you know, intelligence standpoint and toward just coping with it? I think one of the most important things that I learned is that you shouldn't anchor your trading and success to the money, especially in the previous money that you had. Like in the, the discussion that we had over the Zoom, I said I was worth $3 million more in January and you know I'm now $3 million less. But if I put that anchor, that number into my mind, uh, I go into depression. People kill themselves losing $3 million. But what I, you know, struggled in this year was that, okay, that money was a wealth that I had and that is gone. And now I start building it again. And now I am at this stage of life. Doesn't necessarily mean that I'm at the same level of paper money or whatever the wealth on the on paper that I had. It's just I have to start again the process and enjoy the process as is. I always loved winters in my life. Always loved it. The snow when I was growing up, snow and skiing and everything. But it's like seasons, you know, you love it, the snowing, you're having good powders. It's going to melt eventually and you have to go into the next season and then the next season. And you just have to ride the wave that it goes. For me, yeah. my biggest loss, you know, was that you you got you to gotta move on. You can't just cry over it and say, oh, I had this much money and I lost because that doesn't help you and, you know, can actually make you to go down faster. 
Let's talk about nature. I know how important it is to you. Those traders that don't necessarily expose themselves to nature or perhaps even exercise because they perhaps, I was very lucky to have Jack Killock on my Twitter space and podcast the other day, and he talked about this one-dimensionality and how we, we really, ideally, traders need to be multi-dimensional. What has the nature done for you by way of that in even your trading? Like, I presume that those benefits you experience in nature serve you as a trader, but maybe let me not presume. Let me ask you. Yeah, I mean, uh, nature for me, uh, you know, I was always a, a mountain climber and, you know, a long distance runner in the nature. So trail running and mountain climbing. So overall, for me, nature serves my soul. And I think everybody needs to have something to serve their soul. It's either creation and art creation or music or, you know, something. For me, it has been nature because I just always love mountains. So being in the mountain, it just recharges my soul. You know, I see the beauty of the you know landscapes and the climbing the mountains, and I love that. So that's one element on that. More practical elements, nature always reminds me, especially mountains, you are, again, at the mercy of a powerful force. You know, the big mountains you're climbing with glaciers and harsh conditions and high elevations, you know, you're trying to go and achieve something in a very big, powerful force. And essentially, it's like trading. You know, trading, you know, a financial market is a very powerful force that you have no control over, and you, but you try to struggle, not a struggle, just navigate your way through this, you know, powerful force. When I'm climbing the mountains, every step matters. You know, I have to be patient. I have to enjoy the process. Maybe I summit, maybe I don't. It's a beautiful landscape going there, going up and down is just amazing and manage my risk you know when i'm climbing the mountains you got to manage your risk you got to use the rope you got to trust the body you got to trust your gear you got to use protection these are all similar to traders you know having a process the stop loss and just these two resonate with me especially mountain climbing being process oriented uh, enjoying the process and uh, using taking calculated risks are elements that are the same as trading yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this conversation. I'm so glad we have so many people in the room. I'd love to get uh, some questions from any a uh, few people. If you'd like to ask Andrew anything direct, please put up your hand that you you know want to request to speak and I'll open up the microphone for you. My name is Kim Ann Curtin. My company is The Wall Street Coach. This podcast with Andrew Aziz of Bear Pool Traders will probably come out in a couple of weeks. We'd love for you to subscribe to The Wall Street Coach podcast. We have 66 episodes there. Amazingly, I can't believe we have now 67 as of today, Andrew. One of the things that I think is tricky for traders, Andrew, and I wonder if you could just speak to this, especially because of the balancing of working really hard and allowing yourself to take serious time to refresh and nourish yourself. How do you balance that for yourself? And how do you advise, especially the sophisticated trader, with checking in that they are doing that in a healthy way? Checking their daily performance? uh... Well, Checking, you know, look, it's so much work. You have to give so much over to what being a trader means. But how do you balance that hard work ethic to the point where it doesn't take over your life and you do have time off to go in nature as you speak to? So how do you measure yourself that you're not overworking and not taking any rest. I'm, I'm always fascinated with how people try to balance that for themselves. That's a, that's a very, very, very good question. And I mean, my approach is, uh, I don't think there is any right or wrong answer. It's just my approach is I'm a big advocate of part-time trading. And, you know, I never, I'm, I'm not a full-time trader right now. I have so many other things to do. I trade one hour in the morning and then I sign off. I don't know what happened today at the market, to be honest. I didn't look at it. So being a part-time trader gives me that balance that I'm not over killing or over trying in this trading. And I always recommend to people that trading is amazing. I know the lifestyle of trading 
is amazing that you trade and you everywhere around the world, blah, blah, blah. But it's, it's a really fun activity if you do it part-time. If you want to make a full-time living out of it, then you might, especially at the beginning, and uh, that you're learning and you really don't have enough uh, capital, it becomes very stressful and psychologically put pressure on you. And it's not one of those things that you, if you push it harder or you put, spend more hours, it's just get a better result. You just have to trust the process. Some days, like for example, if you're, you know, working in the retail or driving, you know, Uber, if you put more hours, you, you know, there's a direct correlation with the money that you're making. But trading is not like that. If you're trading one hour, doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, it's worse than if you're trading eight hours. It might be the other way around. You know, the more hours that you put in there, it might actually get worse results. So it's very important for you to keep it part-time. Do not push it too much. And I think, especially for new traders, keep your job, keep your career, keep the business on the side. Just make it $100 a day extra, $200 extra, $500 a week extra. That's that's $2,000 a month. That pay, can pay your mortgage or can pay your rent. Doesn't need to be a you know sophisticated luxury lifestyle right away. That I think it's very important. It's it's such a unique perspective. I don't hear that many people advocating it, Andrew. And I think it is a potential option for way more people than full-time trading is. And I think it's I'm just so glad that you have that perspective because it does open up the doors to a lot of people who perhaps never contemplated it because they couldn't do it full-time. So I'm just so glad you speak to that. I really am. Really is empowering probably a lot of people. And I'm just curious, your community of Bear Pool Traders, are the majority of your community members doing other work on the side or do they consider themselves full-time traders? I would say 90, 95% of them are actually part-time. That's fascinating. And, uh, that's amazing. And I think maybe one of the things that I, I see a lot of our traders are successful in our community is that they are just part-time yeah they're not really pushing it they're not forcing it and they have a better life work balance because trading can be a very it can be essentially a gambling problem you're just behind the computer tuck, 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 yeah. trying to force and make mistakes and nobody checks on you so i highly recommend as a part-time trader at least day trading if you're swing trading or you know position trading that that obviously becomes a part-time because you can't just swing trade every single day but active trading is good to be part-time. And this is a luxury that we as a main street traders, retail traders have. If you're a full-time trader for a Wall Street bank or investment bank, then you have to trade full-time. Or, or if you don't trade, you have to do something on the side. But that's a luxury that we have. We get the best of two worlds. We trade for one hour and then we take time, whatever we want to do and whatever we are passionate or whatever we have education on that. Yeah. One of the things that you said in your book, Advanced Techniques in Day Trading, which I highly recommend to everybody here listening, if you're serious about day trading, I think it's a book you have to read. He talks at length about so many different kind of challenges that even sophisticated traders are going to go up against, certainly beginners. But there's a part of the book where you talk about this concept of how, especially if you're starting to do well, it can be, you can be lulled by that success, that sense of they perhaps start to disregard some of the basics that they've learned. And I'm just curious, how can a trader keep an eye out for that? What are the red flags that perhaps either revenge trading is afoot or that sense of hubris is afoot? I mean, eventually your account's equity curve shows you if you're doing it wrong or wrong. Right. If you're constant, consistently losing money, then there's something definitely wrong. But a lot of people look into the account too late in the game and say, oops, I lost 90% of the time. The whole goal of a proper education is that you don't get to that point, that you, know, you lose 90% of your accounts and then you realize there's something wrong. Having certain rules that people used and worked in the past, I think it would be very helpful. Like there is a rule that uh, have a maximum loss per day. And, uh, you know, if you, for example, set something for you, depending on your account, for me is about four or $5,000 a day. If I lose that, okay, this is not my day. 
And I got to stop that. Yes, maybe I, there is another trade that I'm missing just as before I stop. Maybe the next trade would save me. But yeah, but in the long term, that rule has helped me a lot to fall into a bigger trap. So if I have a loss and say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take off, you know, it's not the day for me. I'm just going to come back at it tomorrow. So that's one of the rules that people over long term, they realize that, okay, it's helpful. Having, you know, a maximum number of prey, trade pair day. I think that's having something very helpful that stops you from overtrading. Having a profit target per day, that's one of the rules that help traders. Having certain rules that helps you not to fall in those traps and, you know, bring you back into the reality. You know, this is the same as other things. Like in your diet, you have certain rules. You don't drink during the day. It's just the rule that everybody kind of knows that day drinking is not a good idea. It's a rule. <laughs> you know, if you want to do that, you do it in the evening if you want to do that. So, yeah. uh, so having those kind of things in, the, in trading as well, you know, try to build that habits and those rules, adapt what other people are using and, you know, adjust it based on your need and your time. And, you know, you eventually get benefit from them. Yeah. It, one of the other pieces of the advanced techniques in day trading that I loved was the part where you talk about how important it is to find the best teacher and that the best teacher isn't necessarily the best trader. Very good traders may not be very good teachers. Please talk and expand upon that because I do think I see a lot of traders who listen to perhaps some teachers slash gurus that really aren't in alignment with what perhaps that person or trader could do. Just talk about that from, you know, your own experience and what you've seen. Yeah, that's a lesson that I learned from the life that, you know, I was always looking up to people and listen to people who were, th- I was thinking that, oh, they're successful that, or they have more money than me. Then, okay, I listen to your advice. If you're not, then I'm not going to listen to your advice. Like I never really listened, for example, to my dad's father's advice because in my opinion, he was not a successful person. And I regret that as I grew up in life and I lost him and I realized that, oops, I should have listened to a lot of things that he was saying. Even though he was not successful in my standard or he was not rich enough in my standards, he was making a lot of really good points out of experience and out of what he has gone through. Wow. Uh, for, That's beautiful. Yeah, and, and I true. know him. I mean, he's passed away 12 years ago, so I never really get a chance to apologize from him. But in life, you always have to look for the good sense and good advice from anyone that you can find. And yeah. That doesn't necessarily whoever has the most follower or whoever has the better car or better watch can give you a better advice. I think that's a very, very big trap, which unfortunately our society is encouraging those type of wrong criteria. Yeah, Um, the flashy people get the the attention. Yeah, Uh, yeah. and I see, for example, in this environment that like number of the followers, for example, I see in social media is a criteria for people to listen to other people uh, or invite them to the conferences. And this is wrong. You know, most of my trading strategies have come from the people who they were not making as much as money that, I was seeing other people making, or I'm still, or they are still trading and I make more money from them just because my account is bigger, but they're still better traders than me because I see this, the mindset and the step-by-step and the process that they have. So it's a good, it's a good habit to be very humbled and uh, listen to good advice from anybody. Doesn't necessarily the person who are more flashy. Yeah. Sorry. You know, just a reminder, if anybody has any questions, please put your request in this Twitter space. This conversation, it's a two-part conversation with Andrew. We did a 30-minute Zoom call, and that video will probably drop in about two weeks along with this Twitter space. But I do would love to have, if you have any questions, put that request through, and I can let you speak to Andrew here. And if you're willing to retweet this. If you're enjoying this conversation, please do. The Wall Street Coach podcast is on YouTube, any place you get your podcasts, including iTunes. Right now, the current market, even professional traders who have been at it for a very, very long time, they're experiencing losses. You shared with me some of the challenges you've had this year when we did the Zoom part of the conversation. What mindset or attitude do you think traders need to have right now, Andrew? I think the market volatility is really good. I mean, for investors, it's a nightmare right now. 
because the bonds are down, stocks are down, gold is down, crypto is down, you know, everything is down. The, you know, obviously, it's, it's a nightmare over there. There's nowhere to hide. But the volatility is really good. The bear market, you know, when I'm looking at it, yes, I had a couple of big losses on the, my account on the swing trading and investing side, but day trading, the volatility has been amazing. The traders, like, they should remember that, you know, the, this is a volatile market and the volatility on the market is a good thing and you should benefit from it. But at the same time, some things doesn't make sense. You know, a lot of times that the bear market, things react completely the opposite of what you're expecting. And that's also a nature of the bear market that, you know, that you have to adapt to that. I think the biggest lesson that you should learn in this market is just adapt. Adapt with the markets. Don't fight with the market. Don't try to make sense of any of every move. A lot of time, you know, the squeezes are really, really strong. You know, you're expecting that market goes down, it rallies up, and then you're expecting market continues and drops. You just have to adapt to the market condition. And, you know, as you're in Hawaii, you know, you, you live next to the ocean. You know, the ocean is windy and stormy. You just have to adapt to that. Don't yeah. fight with the, with the nature or with the powerful market force. Yeah, it's such great advice. And let me also say Andrew's email and newsletter that comes out is just so rich. I read it this morning. I read it the other day when he wrote about FTX. If you guys aren't subscribed to Andrew's uh, newsletter, I recommend you get on that list. He does so much, so many kind of global macro things and brings it into like a really cohesive, simple clarity for you. And also on LinkedIn, Andrew, the things you post on LinkedIn are just so informative and again, really jargon free, but really wise. And thank you for that because it it helps all of us kind of stay connected to what's happening. Talk about FTX, if you will. You shared some things in your email the other day. What do you feel is the most important lesson for traders and investors with regards to what's happened with FTX? I mean, I'm, I have been always very, very skeptical about the crypto market in general. I think there was too much trust into the crypto market and the crypto bros, so to speak. I think the narrative of the crypto and Bitcoin has failed. You know, it's this, you know, stable currency failed, hedge against inflation failed, you know, decentralized failed, safe and secure, failed. So the narrative has failed and eventually the crypto market has become just another speculative asset that you buy and sell. Hopefully you can make money out of it, and which is fine, which is totally okay to have, you know, a function like that. But you got you to gotta know that by buying Bitcoin, you know, if you don't buy the Bitcoin, that doesn't mean that you've lost in the future and you, you don't understand the future or anything. What we learned about FTX was that the crypto markets that they were saying that the, the governments have to be cut off from the financial system or the fiat currency is debased and is no value, it's missing a point that being a government behind a currency is actually something. And a lot of people who lost money now, they're looking at government, okay, save us. Where is our money? They're expecting the governments to come back and give their money the fiat currency that they were so against, you know, they'll give it back to us. Uh, so they're missing a point that, yes, maybe we are debasing the currency uh, by printing too much money. But on the other side, there is a good part of it that, you know, there is a system behind the, the fiat currency and, you know, that you can trust and essentially the trust into the institutions and government. So uh, the crypto, I think there was a bubble, uh, obviously. And, you know, what happened at FTX and how they actually did a lot of accounting and they recorded a lot of things was just unbelievable, that level of craziness. Like there was a token for FTT that they owned all the floats and they were trading it themselves. And then they, they were reporting $5 billion profit from trading that something that they own everything. And then they put that on their accounting and books and they were getting loans and everything out of that. You know, that how fraudulent it can, it can be. Like imagine I play by myself, I win my own trading account and then I go and get money out of it. It's just, it's just unbelievable that how that thing can happen. For me, for sophisticated investors, the people who are really want to be, uh, you know, in all markets, definitely diversification is important. You know, I, I know people lost fortunes and life savings in some of these 
you know, exchanges and some of these tokens, you've got to be very, very careful. Don't get the FOMO that, oh, this is the next big thing and you lost it. There's always opportunity for you to get into the markets. And, you know, if you want to invest in the crypto market, it should be definitely, I would say, in the low single digit percentage of your portfolio. You know, less than 10% of your portfolio should be in crypto and definitely should have exposure in all different asset classes like a stock market, bonds, real estate, gold, you name it. You know how important I think emotional intelligence is to a trader. It's what my whole business is built on, trying to be that contribution to people. Just tell all your writings, Andrew, indicate to me that you really value and understand the importance of emotional intelligence on your journey of becoming the trader you are today. When did the importance of EQ really land for you? Very early in my career, you know, emotional intelligence is extremely important to, first of all, to know yourself. I think a, a person who has a very good EQ, recognizing in what stage of mind they themselves are. So recognizing yourself, because you are the worst enemy of yourself in trading. There's no one else that can hurt you except yourself. So having a good emotional intelligence, a good self-awareness about you and your attitude and your approach is extremely important. Very early in my trading career, I realized that I have to control myself, my greed, my fear, my performance anxiety uh, and everything. And this is not something, the point that you reach and then that's it. You know, it's a work in progress. And this is extremely important for all traders to remember that being a consistent trader is not a point that you pass and then you, you know, it's not like a summit of a mountain that you reach and that's it. It's a work in progress. Like we have traders in this space right now, you know, Anya, for example, she's still here. It's, you know, she's has been consistent seven months. But that doesn't mean that she's a trader forever. No, one single day can wipe out all of that profit. So it's a work in progress for you. You know, your self-awareness, your, you know, emotional intelligence, they always have to be in check for you in your life. It's, it's really discouraging, but that's, that's the, how life is. And you have to always be careful about uh, your emotion, your physical, you know, readiness and, you know, you know your trading performance. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. I, I feel that even, you know, how you have, uh, one of the things I say to people is if you could be self-aware before you even start trading and you start to look at the places that life triggers you, then you potentially have a leg up on when the market's going to trigger you because it's going to, the buttons each of us have based on the journey of our lives, those buttons, you know, unless we do some work on them, they don't really heal and they have a tendency to keep being pressed. Like, you know, if you don't address them, they're going to be the pothole that you ultimately fall into. But I think it's hard to believe that, especially because some traders are like, well, I am so willing to work so hard that I'll plow through them. And I'm like, well, just because you you can doesn't mean you should. It's like, make it easier on yourself, if at all possible. Exactly, exactly. That's very important. And remember that you have to make a really good relationship with yourself in trading because, you know, you're really pushing yourself to the limits. And you have to really be easy with yourself, with the decisions that you're making. And that's why it's very important to keep the risk down because you're going to have those moments that you make a bad decision or do something stupid. I myself always struggled with forgiving myself. Mm -hmm. And I'm still, to date, I'm not forgiving myself and a lot of things that I'm blaming myself. And for trading, you know, has helped me that you got, you got to forgive yourself, that you did your best in those circumstances and be easy on yourself, be proud of yourself. Even yeah. if you come and fail and lose a little bit of money, it's not the end of the war. The life goes on and you have a story to tell. You have to be proud of yourself coming into this trading, guys. This yeah. is not easy. You're entering a, you know, a full uh, you know, automatic war and just going through this process is just you have to be proud of. I'm, I'm so glad you said that, Andrew. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that it's still hard for you to forgive yourself, but I do hear that, you know, I've been at this 15 years. Most of the time, clients 
are struggling with that self-empathy, with self-compassion, I don't, for the most part, traders are going to be very driven, intellectual, smart, determined, perseverant people. And yet they just don't know how to let you know, themselves be forgiven for the mistakes they've made just either as people or as traders. So I'm just glad you brought that up because I think it just is like a hole in the gas tank when we are inappropriately hard on ourselves. I'm not saying not to be disciplined, but that inappropriately hard on ourselves, it's just costly. I see it costing people every day when I talk to them. Yeah, it's very, very important. And again, this is, you know, there's, you can always blame something, you know, in life, but in trading, there's no one you can blame. It's just yourself. So it's very important to have a good relationship with yourself. And it takes some time. It takes some, for me, it takes two years to have that relationship with myself and my decisions. And even up to date, you know, uh, I, I still blame myself on so many other things that happened in my life. And that's part of it. You know, I'm a work in progress and I know that. And, you know, you never really become perfect. You know, as you say, Kim, always the life is just the evolution of your consciousness. You you just become better and better. I know we discussed that a couple of times today. Yes. Yes. Well, I'm glad you're not going to become perfect because I'm never going to be perfect, Andrew. And I have to tell you, I would have a feeling that anybody who was perfect, they'd probably really be annoying to be around. Yeah. Nothing is perfect, actually, in nature. (laughs) When you look at it, nothing is perfect. Look around you in nature. Nothing is perfect. Trees are all wobbly yes. and bubbly then nothing yes. is perfect and that's fine it's the beauty of life that you go with the way that you are not yes that you want or you know other people think you should it's just exactly. the way that you are exactly thank you so much andrew for this conversation i kept you over what we originally agreed to so i hope that was okay if you guys have any last questions before we shut down please put the request through this entire two-part conversation with the andrew aziz of bearable traders will be out in about two weeks yep on the wall street coach podcast and one thing i'd like to just invite you all to i have a free ebook called discipline and finding your edge if you go to traderdiscipline.com we'll send that free ebook over to you i just wondered if there was anything you wanted to say in part as we close this space no thank you so much for everything that you're doing for the trading community thanks for everyone who attended this session happy thanksgiving to all my american friends and uh, enjoy time with family and you know be thankful and grateful for going through this process and if you have any question feel free to dm me in twitter or just email me andrew at bearabletraders.com Uh, It's such a pleasure to have you on, Andrew. I look forward to getting to know you and your community more over time. Oh, and you have an event coming up in March that I hope to be at. So why don't you just talk about that too for everybody here? Yeah, 100%. We had the first in-person live trading event together in November in Florida. It was a really, really successful event. And we decided to have another one in Southern California in San Diego early March. This one is going to be a two-day event instead of one day. So, you know, bring the community all together, presentations, and plus a dinner with the family members if you want to bring them and, you know, bring the community all together. And then the day after, we're going to do the trading together and continue the education. And hopefully, Kim, you can attend the the next one in person because you're such an amazing speaker and such an amazing coach. And I'm sure that our community would love interacting with you at that event. It would be my pleasure to come, it really would. I'm so excited to release this in a two-part conversation with Andrew Aziz. I hope you guys will subscribe to the Wall Street Coach podcast. Comment, check thewallstreetcoach.com out too if you like what you've heard here today. Andrew, you've given us so much time today. You want to see those first 30-minute conversation that we had uh, when that drops, everybody. Hope everybody has a happy Thanksgiving too who's here in the U.S. And thank you again, Andrew, much aloha sending it all your way perfect yeah thank you so much excellent and uh, looking forward to see you see you soon this has been the wall street coach podcast with kim ann Curtin. you can find out more about her and her team online at thewallstreetcoach.com if you've enjoyed this podcast please consider leaving a five-star review on itunes thank you for listening